Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the hope that is ours in Christ. We thank you for this table that reminds us of our great hope, that reminds us that Christ died for us. So Lord, just help us to hear anew the story of the resurrection, to be reminded that we matter. We're important to the one who matters most because he died for us and he rose on the third day. That was to hear that and see that again. In Christ's holy name, amen. Reading from John chapter 20, and I'm going to, going to begin in verse 11. In the first uh, 10 verses, Mary Magdalene has gone to the tomb. She's seen that the stone was rolled away. She's gone to find Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved, which is John. Uh, she's told them about the empty tomb. They've come back. They found that the linen cloths were, were neatly folded there. The tomb is empty. But at this point, uh, the disciples have gone back to their homes. But Mary, verse 11, stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I am not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Amen. Well, in recent years for the Easter sermon, I've spent a great deal of time debunking the numerous theories which make futile attempts to deny the resurrection of the Lord. I have explained, for example, how the swoon theory that Jesus was only in a coma-like state and then he revived, well, it just doesn't make sense. The, the Romans had perfected crucifixion. They would have known if Jesus was dead or not. Besides, a man coming out of a coma could not have taken, taken off the, the grave cloths and rolled away the stone. I've also explained how the theory that someone stole the body just doesn't work. The disciples were not expecting Jesus' resurrection. Therefore, they would not have gone back to steal the body, to fake his resurrection, as some have said. The Jewish religious leaders, they would not have stolen the body because they wouldn't want anyone to have even a remote idea that Jesus was still alive. The, the Romans certainly would not have stolen the body. They, they had no reason to do so. 
So in the past, I've talked about these and many other theories, and we've looked at them in some detail, and we probably will again some Easter. And if you still have questions, I'd be glad to, to speak with you about it. And these theories have been debunked over and over again by some of the greatest scholars, by minds much better than my own. The only explanation for the resurrection of Jesus is the convincing proof of Scripture. And Scripture records at least 10 distinct resurrection appearances of Jesus before his ascension. And I gave you a handout with that on it. There's the appearance to Mary Magdalene, to the other women, to two disciples on the road to Emmaus, to Peter, to 10 of the 11 remaining disciples. Remember, Judas is already dead. But Thomas was absent that first time. And then he appears to all 11 of the remaining apostles. Thomas was present. To seven apostles on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. To more than 500 disciples. To James. To the apostles when Jesus ascended. And in addition to those 10, Jesus appeared sometime later to Saul on the road to Damascus. I didn't leave it, put it there, but there were also at least three visions uh, that Paul saw in the book of Acts of the resurrected Lord. I think the evidence is clear. Our Lord is risen. But again, if you have questions, read over the text, talk with me, read some of the great works by William Lane Craig or Josh McDowell or Lee Strobel. And again, I'd be glad to spend some time talking with you about it. But today I want to focus on just one appearance of the risen Lord. And it's the one in this morning's text, of course. Verse 11 says that Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped down into the tomb. Verse 18 confirms that this was Mary Magdalene, the same Mary who in verse 1 through 10 came early to the tomb and she told Simon and Peter, and Simon Peter and also John, now Mary, though, has returned to the tomb, but she still doesn't understand what has happened. Verses 12 to 13, she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. We don't have these texts up here, but Mark 16 and Luke 24 indicate that these angels had taken on human form. So Mary surely did not recognize them as angels. But the angels gently rebuked Mary, asking, why are you weeping? You see, the angels knew that the time for mourning was over. Jesus had risen as he said he would. However, Mary didn't know yet. She thought Jesus was dead, and someone had stolen his body. And so she was terribly distraught at this point, but she was about to get the most amazing surprise ever. Verse 14, having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. John doesn't tell us how Mary became aware of Jesus standing there. Some have suggested that the angels may have gestured in Jesus' direction like, uh, Mary, 
you, you might want to look behind you. Regardless, she turned around and she saw Jesus. However, she did not recognize angels. She did not recognize Jesus. We don't know why she didn't recognize Jesus immediately. Several suggestions have been made. Perhaps his resurrected body was so glorious and it was nothing like the beaten, battered body that she had seen earlier on the cross. Perhaps her vision was blurred by tears and it just took her a while to recognize him. But I think the best explanation is probably that Jesus had not yet chosen to reveal himself to her. So when Jesus asked her, verse 15, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Mary thought he was the gardener. And once again, she thought, someone's taken Jesus' body. Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and, and I'll take him myself. Mary was so distraught at this point, she could only think about one thing, and that was giving Jesus' body a proper burial. And you've been there when you've lost loved ones that you, you just want to give them a proper burial. You were grieving, but you had to take care of matters and, and you had to move ahead. And that was part of closure. And that's what Mary wants to do here. But as one commentator indicated, Jesus with one word opened Mary's eyes and completely transformed Mary's life and our lives. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary, one word, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. In one moment, her doubt, her confusion, her grief was gone, and she was all but speechless. All she could do was call him teacher, and I think she apparently fell at his feet. For Jesus gently tells her, verse 17, to stop clinging to, to him, for he had not yet ascended. She probably either fell into his arm, or most likely she fell at his feet and was wrapping her arms around his legs. It was a beautiful moment. Her Rabboni was alive. And by the way, Rabboni is a strengthened version of rabbi. It's the most honored, revered word you can use for a teacher. Her Rabboni was alive. And she was overcome with joy and relief. And she just wanted to, to stay there for a while and cling to her Rabboni. To cling to Jesus. To worship Him. To revere him. I've shared before how Mary Magdalene is significant, she and the other women, because they provide proof of the resurrection. They're proof that the disciples and the gospel writers didn't make up the story of the resurrection. As you've probably heard many times, women were not credible witnesses in the ancient world. If you wanted to make up a story about the resurrection, you would not have women be the first to arrive at the tomb and be the first witnesses of the resurrection. The only answer is it happened this way. Otherwise, no one would tell it that way. But the reason I was drawn to this text today, at least in my mind, is just as significant. Mary's encounter with the risen Lord 
as John MacArthur writes, is a reminder of Jesus' special love and faithfulness to all believers, no matter how seemingly insignificant they might be. Mary Magdalene is not a prominent figure in the gospel accounts. In fact, before the crucifixion and the resurrection, she only appears as a name in a list of women who traveled with Jesus and the apostles. Luke chapter 8, verse 1. Soon afterward, he went on through the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. Mary, prior to the crucifixion and the resurrection, in the gospel accounts, was a name on a list. A woman infamous for having had seven demons. She was from the village of Magdala, and Mag Magdala was known for its prostitution, so some have speculated that Mary Magdalene may have been a prostitute in a former life. Yet the Lord chose to reveal himself to her first, first. Everything Jesus did had a purpose, folks. I can't help but think that Jesus' appearance to Mary is a reminder to all of us who feel insignificant that Jesus died for us as well. Not only was she the first to see the resurrected Jesus, but you could, it would be fair to argue that she was among the first evangelists. For verse 18 tells us, she went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Mary Magdalene, a woman on a list, a woman infamous for having had seven demons, a woman who may have even been a prostitute, was chosen by the risen Lord to be the first to see his resurrection and to be among the first evangelists. <laughs> How Jesus changes everything, beloved. If you feel insignificant, if you feel unpopular, disliked, ugly, or stupid, let me tell you, you matter. You matter to the one who matters most. You are important to Jesus. If you are prominent, popular, light, beautiful, and smart, you matter as well. You too are important to Jesus. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus has changed everything for you and for me. The King of kings and the Lord of lords came to die and live again for you and for me. This table, the cross, the empty tomb says we matter. It says we're important to the one who matters most. The writings of Max Lucado are whimsical as well as uh, wise and truthful. And perhaps my favorite through the years has been, He Chose the Nails. 
So I want to end with a section from Lucado's chapter titled, I Have Won the Victory, God's Promise in the Empty Tomb. In that chapter, Lucado speaks of the birth and execution of Jesus, and he talks of various responses to the movement of Christianity. And finally, he has a heading titled, The Movement Continues. And here's what he writes. The belief of French philosopher Voltaire, the Bible and Christianity would pass within a hundred years. Voltaire died in 1778. The movement continues. The pronouncement of Friedrich Nietzsche in 1882, God is dead. The dawn of science, he believed, would be the doom of faith. Science is dawn. The movement continues. The discovery made by every person who has tried to bury the faith, the same as the one made by those who tried to bury its founder, he won't stay in the tomb. The question, how do we explain it? Jesus was a backwater peasant. He never held an office. He never journeyed more than 200 miles from his home. Friends left him. One betrayed him. Prior to his death, they abandoned him. But after his death, they couldn't resist him. What made the difference? The answer? His death and resurrection. For when he died, so did our sin. And when he rose, so did our hope. For when he rose, your grave was changed from a final residence to temporary housing. And the reason he did it, the face in your mirror, the face in your mirror, the face in my mirror, you are significant, beloved, to the one who matters most. This table declares that you were worth dying for. And you are worth living for. And you are worth sitting at the right hand of the Father and praying for. You matter. You matter to the one who matters most. So I urge you to come and receive these signs. These reminders of Christ's great love for you and you and you and you and you. Let's pray together. Lord, we are so grateful that you deemed us worthy of dying for. We're grateful that you live and reign at the right hand of the Father and you pray for us. We thank you for inviting us to your table. We thank you for your body and blood broken and shed for us. 
Lord, please set aside this bread and this cup as holy unto you. Consecrate this bread and this cup that it might be for us the body and the blood of Christ. Lord, we come repentant. We come knowing that it's only by the grace represented at this table that we can be forgiven. As we eat this bread and drink this cup, forgive us and cleanse us and grant us new life. This we pray through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, in glory, everlasting. Amen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God bless you all. Have a great afternoon.